Creative Babble. Doug Williams. Hi, is this Doug? Yeah, it is. Hey, Doug, it's Javier with the podcast. How's it going? Hey, I forgot all about you, Bob. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm cruising down the road on a turnpike. If it's okay with you, we can carry on. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> you can say the, the, the crazy crusader is still on the road with his eye in the rearview mirror for the federales. <laughs> You're just as exciting as I imagined you to be. Doug Williams is looking over his shoulder because since 1979, he's been on a crusade trying to defeat the polygraph machine. In 1996, he started a website called polygraph.com, offering a manual and one-on-one training teaching people how to beat the test. He claims the machine doesn't work, and as a result, innocent people are paying the price. Is, is there a way to physically tell when somebody's lying? No. There is no Pinocchio response. Your nose does not grow when you lie. Now, polygraph reaction is very, very simple. It's a, it's a, it's a fight or flight response. A fight or flight response is when a shot of adrenaline shoots through your body when confronted with a threat. Imagine a bear kicks open your cabin door. Your blood pressure rises, your sweat glands pour out, and your heart begins to beat harder and faster. That's what it's called the fight or flight response. Now, I will give them this. About 50% of the time, when you ask an irrelevant question, did you steal that $10,000? And a guy did, in fact, steal that $10,000, and he has a reaction. 50% of the time, that means he probably did steal that $10,000. According to Doug Williams, a lie detector test is about as accurate as a coin toss. But 50% of the time, it can also mean that he's enraged having been asked the question in the first place. He's suffering from misplaced guilt. Even the tone of the examiner's voice can cause him problems. I'm sure you've heard this argument before. Many people have pleaded guilty and skipped trial because they failed to polygraph during an interrogation. Once upon a time, if you applied to work at a department store and you failed a polygraph test, well, that sucks, but you can always get another job. But in Doug Williams' world, one bad polygraph test and your government career is toast. In the federal government, if you have a reaction on that when you're applying for a job, and you are not only denied employment, but you're placed on a blacklist and you're never allowed to apply for the government job ever again. That could ruin somebody's career, right? If it got it wrong. If, if it's a coin toss, the way you describe it, you, you could be out of a job in government forever. That happens millions of times a year, my friend. Doug Williams says that the polygraph is just a stage prop used to scare people. How does he know this? Well, because he spent most of his life in law enforcement using it as what he calls a psychological billy club. To him, it was just a tool to beat a confession out of a bad guy. But over the years, he's realized that the polygraph test is just that. It's a test, and it can be cheated. And he was going to devote the rest of his life to destroy it. Doug Williams made a career giving people polygraph exams. Now, he's going to prison for teaching people how to cheat the test. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else.
picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. This is Special Agent Brian J. Lully with CBP Office of Eternal Affairs. Today's date is February 21st, 2013. This is an undercover operation for countermeasures training to Douglas Gene Williams at his polygraph suite. This agent has already paid Mr. Williams $750. I will give him approximately $250 uh, once I enter the room. An undercover agent from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency paid Doug Williams to teach him how to beat the polygraph test. It was called Operation Livebusters. Doug Williams had no idea he was being recorded. Let's listen to the tape. Now, tell me what this is all about. What kind of test are you going to be taking? Well, it's going to be for the Border Patrol. Oh, uh, no problem. I've taught a lot of those guys. Back. I know what I'm doing, and you yeah. will pass them, no problem, but I'll, I'll prove it to you. You just let me do my thing, mm -hmm. and you just let that little meat computer absorb what I'm okay. going to tell you, right. and then you don't worry about any fucking questions. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're lying, whether you're telling the truth, whether you intend to lie, whether you don't know a lie from the truth, or whether you're a psychopath, or any of that shit, mm -hmm. okay? Understood. First thing, okay. let me do the talking. Okay. The undercover agent tells Doug Williams that he's worried about failing. You're sitting here all about these words. Well, this girl's fucking. I'm worried about these two like You all go to fuck all that shit. Okay. Uh -huh. We're getting positive here. Okay. Why? Because everybody that goes through my training passes, and you ain't gonna be any exception. All uh -huh. right. Mm -hmm. What Williams doesn't realize is that right outside his door. Several U.S. Customs agents are waiting to make an arrest. And by the end of this training session, Doug Williams will walk out of this office in handcuffs. Doug Williams was charged with two counts of mail fraud and three counts of obstruction of justice. Each charge potentially adds 20 years of prison time and a quarter of a million dollar fine. Instead of facing a jury, Williams stood before the judge and pleaded guilty to all five charges. Eventually, Doug Williams was released from prison, and after years of reflection, he posted this video on his website, polygraph.com. Am I still doing this? Yeah, I'm still doing this. But, word of caution is in order here. With this crew back in charge and the deep state fully entrenched now, I fully expect him to come back after me again and 
shut me up somehow, some way. All I'm saying is I'm offering this service now. It is available now and it works. As to how much longer I'll be able to offer it, heck, I don't know. So you're back at it. You're, you're back at doing the same thing that landed you in prison, right? I'm back doing exactly, exactly. They're, they're, so, they're so scared of me. They're so scared of everything I'm trying to do that they put me under a restriction, what they call supervised release, saying that I was prohibited from engaging in, quote, any form of polygraph-related activity for five years as a result of that, two years while I was locked up in the federal prison, and then three years after that, while I was on their little supervised release, which is a form of... Doug Williams says he knows it's only a matter of time before the feds come knocking again. Now, let's take an example of a bank robber. He robs a bank. He goes th gets thrown in prison for it, comes out and says, OK, I'm going to go rob another fucking bank. He goes and robs another fucking bank. You think they'd throw his ass back in prison or try to? Hell yes, they would, because that was a crime. What I did was not a crime. They know damn well it wasn't a crime, and they don't dare try to do something like that again. The biggest question I have for you is, why Why even put yourself out there? Why are you doing this? Like, I get that why you're doing it. What's in it for you? Well, just that, that question, I, I've wrestled with that for a long time. The fact of the matter is, there's nothing in it for me. I, I'm, I'm just one of those old crazy sons of bitches. I mean, I was raised by a, a, a Methodist preacher going to small towns all over Oklahoma and East Texas and we just, there's just certain things you learn in that type of a community and that you don't forget like the Bible says you raise up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it and I was raised to say that if you see an oppressive situation and it's within your power to stop that oppression you do not have the option to decide whether or not you're going to do it it is your duty to do it how would friends and family describe you? Oh, it runs the gambit, but that's usually in the negative side. I wanted to better understand Doug Williams. I couldn't figure out, A, how exactly do you teach someone to beat the polygraph? And B, if the technique doesn't work, then why is the government even after him? I remember when I first started this crusade, I talked about driving down the road, looking in the river, you may see, see how see how many feds are following me. That's, that's not something that's just said flippantly. As soon as I started my war against the polygraph, I was I was followed by FBI agents at that moment. But you got to understand, see, I'm not your normal human being. And he's right. Doug Williams is not just some ordinary guy pissed off at the government. In fact, he used to be one of them. In the mid-60s, Doug Williams served in the U.S. Air Force. He was assigned a top-secret communication position at the White House. According to Doug, he was whisked away by men in dark suits and sunglasses to an undisclosed location. They sat him in a square windowless room, and sitting in the desk in front of him was a metal box. This was Doug Williams' first encounter with a polygraph machine. They asked him a series of questions, and with each answer, the ink-filled pens moved up and down, monitoring his biofeedback. Luckily for him, he passed with flying colors. Doug Williams was assigned the White House Situation Room during a volatile time in U.S. history. The Vietnam War was in full gear. His job was to take the incoming messages and hand them directly to President Lyndon Johnson and no one else. I had quite a situation when I was uh, in the military. I was assigned to the White House Situation Room. I handled all the eyes-only-for-the-president messages. In other words, I 
and the person who sent it and the president of the United States, the only ones that ever saw those messages. Uh, I had the highest security clearance that it's possible to have. Everybody was following me. I mean, I had to simultaneously clear seven different agencies, CIA, FBI, Secret Service, all them sons of bitches, before I could work in the White House. And if any one of them blackballed me, I'd be out. I mean, I had a perfect career. I had 17 letters of commendation and not one black mark on the police department. I had letters of commendation from everybody from Kissinger to Haig to Nixon, do you name it? Hell, even Johnson wrote me a commendation when I was working for him. I was one of those birds that, like, man, this motherfucker, if he's in a, if he's in a mood to start talking about shit, there's no end to what he could say. Now, I'm not going to, and I never would divulge any secrets because I swore I would not. But polygraph shams is not a fucking secret, and I'm going to tell their fucking scam till I die. After his stint at the White House, Doug Williams moved back home, working at the Oklahoma Police Department. How did you get into the polygraph business? I saw it as a quick way to promotion. I, I made detective pretty quick, uh, but I was one, I was angry I was angering for for sergeant, and I knew it was be five or six years. And I saw this little notice on the bulletin board. I was looking for a polygraph operator and that it had to it carried the rank of sergeant automatically. So what I did was I uh, the list of every possible question they could ask me. I mean, I must have been three or 400 questions time I was through. And then I tried as best I could to commit them to memory and then memorize as best I could my responses or at least an outline of what I wanted to say to respond to. Then I set my ass in front of a mirror on a chair and worked on my facial expressions and everything so I'd be very convincing. And I went in and just evidently blew the blew them away. Doug Williams got the job and was sent to polygraph school. I knew that I knew from the get go it was a scam. In fact, I went in there the first day and I, I was in there with a guy who was a retired FBI agent. And we went into class the first day. At the end of class the first day, he told me, "Man, this is bullshit, isn't it?" And I said, "Yeah, it fucking sure is." And he said, "I can't do it. He said, it's a scam." And I said, "Yeah, I know it is." Doug Williams says that his role as a polygraph operator wasn't just to get the truth out of someone. No, it was to get a confession. But I'm a damn good interrogator. Now, if I get this into my hands, I'm going to be a, a world-class interrogator, which I ended up being because I scared the piss out of people with that polygraph. That's all it was ever designed to be, by the way. A psychological billy club, right? Just a, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just a prop for an interrogator. Psychological billy club that will coerce you into giving a confession. So, in a sense, it's a useful tool for law enforcement, right? Yeah. If by useful, you mean that this is a socially, somewhat socially acceptable method to beat the fuck out of somebody physically, you just beat the fuck out of them emotionally and mentally. The whole setup of the whole polygraph is designed to put the person taking the test in a very subservient position. The person is sitting in an overstuffed chair with big old arm on it. And the first thing you do when you're getting your polygraph suite set up is you go in there and you cut off three inches of the chair. So that way he's always well below you in a subservient position. Then you you secure that chair to the floor. You nail it to the floor, screw it in, or whatever you got to do. You nail it. It's, it's secured to the floor where you can't move around. And then you're on a nice roll-around executive chair where you can roll around, put your knees right on his knees and all that. Doug Williams says that it didn't matter which side of the street you came from. If you were unfortunate to walk into his office, well, you were in for a torturous ride. His words, not mine. 
you tell him how it works, and you tell him what's going to happen when he lies, and his heart's going to beat fast, and his blood pressure's going to increase, and all that shit. And you convince him that it, that actually is going to happen every time he lies. And then you start with your test. You hook him up first. First thing you do is hook him up on all that stuff. And you've got him under control. He feels like he's in a fucking electric chair by now. He's scared to death. If he shows any defiance or any anything like you're running a scam here, and I know you all, you knock that shit out of him right away. By now, he's shaking like all that fucking leaf. Very browbeat him and tell him he has he's lying whether he is or not. And if you want to get a confession out of him, you get a confession out of him. So how exactly does a polygraph work? In order to learn how to beat the test, you have to know what they're measuring. For a simple explanation, I called George Mashke from antipolygraph.org. Let's say you're suspected of robbing a bank. You'll be asked a series of relevant questions such as, do you suspect anyone of robbing the bank? Do you know who robbed the bank? Did you rob the bank? These are what they call relevant questions. And of course, anyone even if they didn't rob the bank, might get nervous when being asked accusatory questions like that. So they'll compare your reactions to those questions with your reactions to what they call control or comparison questions. These are called control questions. And these will be questions, for example, did you ever lie to get out of trouble? Did you ever lie to a person in a position of authority? Did you ever take anything that did not belong to you? And they'll tell you these are character questions. They secretly expect that everyone's response to that is going to be a lie because everyone has lied to get out of trouble at some point. Everyone has lied to an authority figure. Everyone has taken something that didn't belong to them, even if it was something they borrowed and never returned. The way they measure whether you're telling the truth or not is by comparing your reaction to the questions about robbing the bank to the control questions about telling everyday lies. If the question about lying to a person in a position of authority appears to bother you more, then it's decided that you must be telling the truth when you deny having robbed the bank. Now that you know how it works, it seems pretty obvious how you beat the test. You somehow have to have a physical reaction during the control questions, you know, the everyday lies, and somehow calm yourself down during the relevant questions when you're lying. Easier said than done. Could. I fail the test just because of the anxiety of taking the test. Will that anxiety just automatically make me fail? It, it, it absolutely could. If you're, if you're more anxious when answering the relevant questions than the control questions, you'll fail. Uh, polygraph operators will claim that they take into account uh, background nervousness, but it's a lie. They don't. When I explain to you about control questions, very few polygraph operators will tell you that on a nationally aired podcast. That's their secret, is that they lie about the control questions. You're not supposed to know their function, that they secretly expect your answers to them to be lies. That's their big secret. When the American public at large knows about it, the polygraph's days are over. They'll have to find a new scam. So now you know how to beat the lie detector test. We'll actually get into more detail on how to do it, in fact, I'm going to play more of that undercover sting so you can hear for yourself how it's done. But first, back to Doug Williams. You mentioned that fear has a smell. What, what did you mean by that? Fear has a smell. To me, it smells roughly equivalent of a mixture between shit and spinach. But it comes from, an, from a, there's an actual gland in, in your crotch area 
that secretes a certain substance that is only secreted when you're in abject terror. And that's that fucking thing has a smell that you will not forget once you smell it. So you're you're not you're not being facetious or anything. You're saying it really does smell like shit and and spinach. That's what it smelled like to me. And he's right. Aprocrine glands are found in places you have hair, such as your armpits or groins. These glands release a milky fluid when stressed. This fluid is odorless until it combines with bacteria in your skin. The result is a pungent odor that many describe as rancid, musty, even sour and sweet. Doug Williams says that once he got a whiff of that, he could make anyone confess to anything, whether they did it or not. I never did get a confession of anybody that I didn't absolutely know was guilty and had, had for sure lied on the test. But but you could if you wanted to, right? Hey, easily, easily, easily. And God knows how many people are in prison right now because that crushing pressure got to them. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's, it can be intense. <laughs> Today, Doug Williams is on the other side of this argument. He's devoted his life to outlaw the polygraph test. But for years, he's played along, wielding the power that the polygraph gave him. I couldn't help but wonder why the change of heart. When was it that you decided to quit? Well, when I decided to blow the whistle on the polygraph. I mean, you quit being a tool that I could, I could rationalize being used uh, for just for criminal purposes when it's being so badly abused on the private sector. And I really, I was, my goal was at first to just get it stopped in the private sector. But the government has expanded its use so badly that it needs to be just stopped. If it works, fine. If it works, they wouldn't have thrown me in prison. They'd have said, oh, fuck, you can't teach somebody how to beat it. What are you talking about? But they knew I could. They knew I did. They knew I was doing it and would continue unless they stopped me. When my old man, my old man was, he worked his way up in the church anyway, he says, uh, I told him what I was going to do. I'm going to call a news conference and tell him how this polygraph doesn't work and quit my job as a cop. Anyway, he's the first thing he did. Looked up from his desk, pulled his bifocals down. He locked eyes with me. He says, son, have you taken leave of your senses? (laughs) (laughs) When did you realize that you could game the machine? From the day one. I knew but pretty much right off the bat. It's no big trick to it, but I've refined my technique drastically over the years. Did you ever test it on yourself? Did you hook yourself up and try to cheat? Oh, man. There's some stories about that. I'll tell you what. Can I take just a break here for just a second? Yeah, man. And yeah. then uh, can, I just, can I just call you back at this just, number in yeah, a few minutes? Just, just call me back. All right. Take care. We're going to take a break, too. And when we come back, I'm going to play the rest of the audio from the undercover sting. You'll hear exactly how Doug Williams does it. Doug Williams and I spoke for over an hour, and as you can tell, he's a high-energy guy. So we took a break. A few hours later, I called Doug back, but I couldn't remember where we left off. We were talking, what we were talking about was... Did I try the sting technique out on myself oh, before that's I right. you propagated? Where, you remember where be, we before I pro, be, before I propagated that propaganda to the public at large? Did I did I make sure it actually worked? Hell yes, I did. 
Doug Williams learned how to cheat the test, and he wanted to let the whole world know that it could be done. So he set up a news conference. When I called my news conference, I got my little sister Janet up there. I say this polygraph's such a joke. I can teach somebody how to beat it in five minutes. What was the news conference like? Because I don't think I've seen it. Oh, it was 1979. I doubt you were even alive. No, I wasn't, but I wasn't sure if there was video out there of it. That that was quieted down quite quickly. <laughs> I called the news conference and said, this is what I'm doing. I'm a polygraph operator. Polygraph doesn't work. Hurts a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. I gave my spiel, which I was really getting down pretty good by then. And I got my little sister up there. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you how easy it is to manipulate this chart tracing. I'm going to have her react to every odd-numbered question on the first chart. Number one, good reaction. Number two, no reaction. Number three, so on and so forth to 10. Then we do it on odd numbers, same thing. No reaction on twos, all reactions on odd numbers. So sitting there demonstrating how easy it is for you to manipulate every tracing on the polygraph chart. Doug thought if a polygraph test can be manipulated this easily, then it's clearly useless, right? So... I thought, well, that should be the end of this shit, but no, no, no. And that's a, that, that polygraph, the government loves that polygraph. So they, they actually got, chief of police got a hold of the news media and threatened them, said, if you, if you run that story and you show any footage of his demonstration, you will never get an interview from any of our police officers ever again. Wow. And, and they, they shut it down. Did, so they, nobody ran that news conference? Not one media outlet. And there were, all of them were there. Get one guy who... I did get one guy who was a he was a talk show host on KTOK. He said, "I'll give you a shot. Said, I'll give you an hour." I came in there and we started talking, and he he his, he stopped me. He says, "I'll tell you, there is not one light on my entire board." My producer tells me that is not blinking right now. Wow! People are wanting to tell their stories. And I said, "Well, let's let them talk." I said, "They're the most eloquent spokesman for how bad this shit is." One solid hour, we let people tell their stories. And I mean, it was astounding. It was astounding. Does any particular story stick out? Oh, man, they're all applying for this job. And I was called a liar. And I'm, I'm sitting here starving on unemployment. And I can't do a job. That's why I blew the whistle on it. What's the trick to beating this? Is it an easy thing? Is it one of those things that once you learn, you're like, oh, man, that, that's easy? Or do you have to really train to try to trick it? Started off being hard as hell. I mean, I had to train them on muscle exercises and breathing exercises. And man, it was a pain. Half the time they couldn't figure it out, and half the time that it didn't work. And half the time I felt guilty even trying to train somebody because I didn't know if they'd be able to pull it off. But I kept working at it and kept working at it. And if Doug Williams was going to show people how to beat the test, he has to make it easy. If I might say, I had a stroke of genius. So, you know, polygraph's only a lie detector if you think it's a lie detector. He says, once you stop thinking about it as this mythical truth lasso, you start to realize that it's just a prop. It's like a magic trick. Once you know the secret of how it works, it loses its powers. It's only a lie detector if you think it's a lie detector. When I followed up on that to say, I've been teaching people breathing exercises and how to, how to show what a reaction is supposed to look like. It's just... It's complicated. The whole polygraph system is so frightening and so complicated. So he started looking for a simpler way to cheat the test. Then one day, it hit him. I read something about the pucker. What is, what's the pucker? That was one of my first tries. 
that's how I first discovered how the polygraph was a joke. I, I, I knew, I knew what it recorded. In other words, it records your blood pressure, your pulse rate, sweat activity on your hand, and the breathing. And I knew how to to duplicate a, a erratic breathing pattern, but I didn't ever know anything how how to do the GSR or the blood pressure. How do you make that? How do you make that increase at will? I just could never figure it out. Well, I was out drinking with my buddies one. No, actually, they came in. They came in after the night shift and was talking about a chase they'd been into. And he said, "I oh, man, my this old boy shooting at us. And we took off after him. And my partner was driving crazy, and I was shooting. And he, my partner lost control of the car, doing about 100 miles an hour. We went out across the bar ditch and through a barbed wire fence and out across the field. Said, man, Pucker Factor was way up there. Said, man, I was pinching donuts out of that fucking seat. And I remember the Vietnam, the Vietnam guys that talk about Pucker Factor being real high when you went around this trail or whatever. Like, shit, man, it's Pucker Factor. The Pucker Factor. Yes, if you haven't figured it out by now, Doug is talking about the anal sphincter muscles. When you squeeze your butthole just right, it causes blood pressure to spike. Go ahead, give it a try. I'll wait. So when they left, I just set myself up to the polygraph and tightened up my anal sphincter muscle like I was trying to stop a bowel movement. Lo and behold, man, a perfect cardio increase. And I thought, oh, shit, man. And so that's when, I start, that's when I coined the phrase, a polygraph operator ain't nothing but an asshole with a little training. So it takes an asshole with little training to beat an asshole with little training. But did it work, the pucker? Oh, hell yeah, it worked, but it's too damned obvious. Most people would overdo it. They'd sling ink all over the polygraph guys for a first-time try for somebody who's already scared. And when they tried, they they overdo it, and it's just obvious as hell what they're trying to do. By the way, if you want to play along at home, take a shot every time you hear the phrase anal sphincter or anal pucker. Here's George Mashke again from antipolygraph.org. That, that's when you would apply the anal pucker. Now there are sensor pads placed under the seats by many agencies, including all the federal agencies will have a seat pad. To detect any... Uh, yeah, these seat pads are so sensitive that on many tracings that I've looked at, you can see that the movement of the seat pad tracing is mirroring the breathing of the mm. subject. They, they move up and down together. Yeah. So they're, they're quite sensitive. What if you put a, a thumbtack inside your shoe and like press that, or is that just... That's another countermeasure. Uh, again, you put the thumbtack like in your sock, secret hidden away in your shoe. And then when the control questions are asked, you press your toe on it to create pain, creating a reaction. There's a counter-countermeasure to that. The operator can ask you to take your shoes off. There are also other countermeasures. Either doing arithmetic in your head as fast as you can when a control question is asked or thinking scary thoughts. Is it really that easy? Is it, is it that easy to... Or is there more to it? Well, in a secret U.S. government study conducted circa 1995, 80% of test subjects were able to beat the polygraph. And the technique they were taught was when you hear a control question, pick a large number in your head and count backwards by threes as fast as you can. So you're so focused on the numbers. That yeah, on the control questions. How do you keep track of the actual conversation? Wouldn't you look distracted when you're doing that? Well, no. At approximately 20 second to 25 second intervals, the operator is reading one question and watching your reaction, giving you time to level off, 
return to uh, homeostasis before asking the next question. Mm, okay. So it's not like you're trying to apply this technique while engaged in a, in a conversation. Okay, so tightening the anal sphincter is out. Doug came up with another foolproof approach. This is the technique that landed him in federal prison. With my training now, that's why they're so pissed off at me, because they can't figure out what I'm doing. If the chart is too perfect, then they assume that the person has been trained by Doug Williams, so they're going to call him using countermeasures. I started studying up on hypnotism, and it's amazing what you can do with hypnotism. So I devised a hypnotic script. I stole it, actually, parts of it. I stole parts of it from a natural childbirth script where they kind of hypnotized these women for natural childbirth so they wouldn't have pains and all that. And then I took another another part of it from a dentist who pulled teeth with, with his patients being under hypnosis, and they didn't feel any pain. What? Getting your teeth pulled or drilled without medicine? That's insane. So I searched it on YouTube, and sure enough, people actually use hypnosis at the dentist. In his medical hypnosis practice, Juan helps patients take the suffering out of their visit to the dentist. Doug Williams took these techniques and applied it to his training. And I just customized it down to be specific specific for, for passing the polygraph test. And basically it has to do with with, a, with triggering a, a post-hypnotic suggestion, which, by the way, is a trade secret that you'll have to pay $150 to get me to give to you. What I've done then, though, is I've changed it where all they have to do now when they go take the test is to label in their mind, label the questions as relevant questions. And I have implanted during that hypnosis time a, po- a post-hypnotic suggestion that the moment they label that question as relevant question, their mind automatically takes them back to this picture of this beach that I've got them on. And all they're doing is watching the waves gently rolling into the shore. So the question, they don't listen to the question to see what he's asking you. Did you steal that $10,000? Blah, 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 blah. We're just, it's just air going through vocal cords. Again, the concept is easy. You have to get yourself worked up when you should be calm and calm when you're lying. In order to pass a polygraph test, you have to show a reaction on at least one control question, preferably if it is only one control question, and no reaction on any of the relevant questions or any of the other introductory questions or anything else. Let's play audio from the undercover sting to show you how it's done. Two things about the polygraph. First and most important, it's an interrogation. The second thing about the polygraph, there are only two types of questions. Okay. Relevant and control. All right. Okay. What's your first name? Brian. B-R-I-A-N. I-A-N. Guess what, Brian? That's a relevant question. Okay. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes and relax. Just close your eyes and relax. Take your mind to a safe, enhanced mental imagery. You will clearly remember everything that happens. I want you to imagine being on a beautiful, deserted beach. Doug walks the undercover agent through a guided imagery exercise. You're lying on a beach chair staring out at the ocean. You're watching the waves gently rolling into the shore. How do we keep from reacting on a relevant question? We just go to the beach. We don't internalize the questions. We don't think what he's asking. We simply say, this is a relevant question. What do I do on relevant questions? I go to the beach. 
relevant question, I'm laying on the beach. You will go to the fucking beach. Now, back to the undercover tape. I'm now going to count from one to five. And at the count of five, you will open your eyes and pull the other. Completely refreshed. And absolutely confident that you will pass your polygraph test. And by the time I get to the count of five, you will be alert, relaxed, and absolutely confident. Three, four, five. Okay, open your eyes now. You know that nice, calm, relaxed feeling that you have right Oh my now? God, yeah. That's exactly what you're going to feel when you label the questions as a relevant question. Your subconscious will automatically take over, and Brian, you cannot fuck it up. It's impossible for you to fuck it up. Now, back to my conversation with Doug. So, I just tell him, label in your mind every question as relevant, unless it's that one control question that you're going to react to. So then they automatically label it as relevant. When they do, their mind takes them to the beach, and they have no reaction at all. It's very simple now, but... It's only simple because I'm a fucking genius and I made a very complicated, very frightening process into something that is utterly simple and foolproof. Now Doug Williams will hook the undercover agent to the machine. By the end of the session, the agent will actually be able to beat the test. It's actually pretty incredible to listen to. They start with the control questions. For example, have you ever stolen anything? I want you to sit there and kind of act like you're thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sure I have. You'll say, well, what are you stolen? I said, well, let me think now. Yeah, well, I stole this, or I stole that, or I stole five dollars from my mom's purse, whatever. Another control question could be, have you ever lied to anyone? You may say something about, have you ever lied to someone authority to keep from getting in trouble, or have you ever lied to get out of trouble, or something like that? Again, you'll say, I told my supervisor I finished a report when I already had, but whatever, have you ever lied to get out of trouble? And you'll yeah. say, bingo, there's another control question. Remember, we've all stolen something in our lifetime, and we've all told lies. This is what the polygraph operator will use to measure deception. Now. Doug Williams teaches him how to have a fearful reaction to an irrelevant question, such as, is your name Brian? Is today Friday? Is the sky blue? All you gotta do now is, what are you going to think about? What scenario are you gonna run through your mind that will cause you to have a physiological, fearful, nervous, scared type reaction? Uh, fear of falling, fear of drowning. Do you have any children? Are you afraid for their will? I got two girls, yeah. Okay, the, the more true in the picture is your two little sweet little girls. You're playing on the front yard of your nice little house. And they're throwing the ball, and one of them throws the ball out in the street, and they both run out to get the ball, and that big-ass four-by-four pickup truck smashes them into fucking hamburger right in front of your eyes. Does that cause you to have a whole bunch of jumbled up in the It's causing me to be mad. Damn, that's brutal. But the point of this scenario is to provoke a physiological reaction to a question that would never cause you to show any emotions. You feel helpless. You feel rage. You feel all those jumbled up emotions. I want you to picture that scene as though it's actually happening right in front of you and relive it as though it's actually happening when you answer those control questions. Oh, man, I can feel my heartbeat. That's great. Everybody go through it again. They run through the exercise a few more times until Brian, the undercover agent, gets the hang of it. I want to do one more time. This time we're going to go again with the eyes closed. Besides what you've told me, have you ever lied to get out of trouble? Control? No. Do you gamble? Relevant? No. 
Have you lied to me on any of these questions? Relevant, no. Are you doing anything to try to beat this test? Relevant, no. You follow me so far? Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm not even. I'm not barely even listening to you. There you go. Because the only the only thing, three questions that you care about right now is: Have you ever stolen anything else? Have you ever told any other lies? And have you ever lied to get out of trouble? The rest of them are just white noise. White and you're noise. on the fucking beach, okay? Uh-huh. Now, control. And just like Doug Williams promised, in a short one-hour session, he was able to teach an undercover agent how to cheat the polygraph. Here's Doug Williams going over the results. Anywhere here is probable, no deception. But you've got it right where we want it, right in the green. No deception indicated. I, I think, I've never taken a polygraph, but I, I think I would totally fail at trying to beat the machine just because I wear my emotions on my sleeves. If I get nervous, I've noticed that I, I take this gulp, you know, this, and I, I don't know why, but yeah. I do it involuntarily. The thing of it is, the thing, the thing of it is, I remove all that from you. What about you? Do you think, knowing what you know now, that you can cheat a polygraph test? Also, if you've taken a polygraph test before, shoot me an email or a tweet and let me know about your experience. As for Doug Williams, his crusade landed him in prison. It has taken away his livelihood and it's tarnished his honorable law enforcement career. It's taken a toll on him, but he's not planning on stopping anytime soon. Something, you know when I asked you for a break on our first interview? Yeah. I did have to run some errands, but really, it's it, it's um, I need a break on these things. I like doing these interviews because I like getting the word out to people, but it's at some cost to me. And and that's what it's like to talk about this for you. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine, well, man, it, you it, you paid the price, right, for this crusade. Still paying. I got I got a I'm I'm a five time felon. Trying to get by on Social Security, which, by the way, when you're in prison, they stop your Social Security, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. They, they They do everything in their power to utterly destroy you. The criminal justice system. Utterly destroy you. But they ain't going to get the Midnight Rider. Next time on Pretend, we're going to continue to look at this from a different lens. Doug Williams says that teaching people how to cheat the polygraph test is a good thing. It protects innocent people from incriminating themselves. But can his tricks be used by bad guys? Here's more audio from that undercover sting. When I sold the cocaine to this girl in the jail, when she got out, I started having sex with her. He said, I've done a few things, but I just don't want it to get back to the sheriff. That's next time on Pretend. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. But I want to make sure you subscribe to the Pretend YouTube channel because I got a lot of stuff for you. Have you ever watched the movie I Love You, Philip Morris? It's an insane con artist movie. Well, I'm going to tell you about the real Stephen Russell. And I have a video up about the greatest con man of all time, 
Victor Lustig, who sold the Eiffel Tower not once, but twice. And in my latest video, The Ten Commandments for Con Artists. You have to check it out. Go to YouTube, type in Pretend Podcast, and it pops right up. Make sure to subscribe. This episode was written and produced by me and edited by the talented Molly Brock. Finally, I want to introduce you to a great new podcast. It's called Movie Pitch Challenge, and it's hosted by two friends of mine, Dave B. and Casey. You have to check this out. It's a podcast about pitching fake movie ideas from two very real film fanatics. Check out the promo. How about a true crime podcast where the guest has to commit a felony while they're on the show? I think we focus too much on felonies. What about a show about misdemeanors, parking tickets, shoplifting? Why does there have to be a crime at all? Why don't we just follow the stories of law-abiding citizens? We detail their family histories, what led them onto this path to be rule followers. (laughs) Okay, maybe we should leave true crime podcasts to the professionals like Javier. Javier was really nice enough to let us promote our new podcast, Movie Pitch Challenge. We challenged each other to come up with 30 movie ideas in 30 days. Now we're making this podcast all about those fake movie ideas and the real movies that inspired them. Visit moviepitchchallenge.com and you can find us on all the podcast platforms. So come check us out. 30 fake movie pitches from two very real film fanatics. It would be a crime not to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's that. good. No, I like it. <laughs> no, I have to. Have to... Uh. Creative power.